This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it as we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good afternoon. We are live. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio, the show all about stuff, as you just heard. If you have uh, maybe some antiques lying around your house, some old gold or silver, or any sort of collectible you're curious about, it's real-time market value. We have an expert in studio who can tell you exactly what it might be worth in a perfect trading economy. He's a guy who's found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, uh, specifically identifying undervalued items and turning them over for huge profits. He is one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada. He's Paul Kenny, and he joins us live. How are you, man? I'm doing good, but not as good as Bogey. Where's Bogey? He's in San Francisco. Oh, okay, great. This is his anniversary. Because he, 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 two years ago, time goes fast, he got his married. His wedding anniversary. Yeah, his yeah, wedding yeah. anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got married in uh, just outside Prague, and then we we timed it coincidentally to go to uh, Oktoberfest, which very nice. Yes, is, should be on everyone's bucket list. Okay, you know you're in the right place when the chairs and the tables are nailed to the ground. That's a party. That's okay. a party about to happen. And everyone, it was everything was in German, and I had a great time. Everyone we were with, we had a great time. But six million people come around, six million people, and sixty million liters of beer get drunk. Nice. No, and uh, so there were some people who were drunk, and and actually we had a good time. But now Bogart, two years later, now he's done. He said on Friday, he said, Dad, I can't be there on Sunday. He said, why? He says, it's my anniversary. And I said, why? Okay. He says, I'm going to San Francisco. So hmm. he leaves a good life. Yeah, I'd say so. I'm paying him too much. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, Weren't you here on your anniversary? You were here working on a Sunday. Yes. Yeah, your yeah, birthday, sure. Uh, if you have a rare item, maybe lying around your basement, maybe it's been an heirloom that's been in your family for generations and you're curious about what it might be worth, maybe it's something otherwise never identified as something that had value, some rare newspaper clipping or comic book strip or who knows, a, a, an obscure baseball playing card. If it's old, it might be worth something. You can call us right now, 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, worried about long distance, don't worry. You can call us toll-free. That number is 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. By the way, Paul Kenny has a store. I'll just put that out there right now. It's located on Yonge Street up in Richmond Hill at 10,341 Yonge Street. It's just north of Major McKenzie. You'll find the store there, Toronto Gold Silver. What kind of week was it for you, by the way? Great week. Well, you know, yesterday we were at Southworks Antique Mall. For their grand opening. And it's going on today. People brought stuff in for us to appraise, and there was some wacky stuff. And I bought a collection of dinky toys. You know the old dinky toys? Yeah, of course. From this old guy. metal ones, right? The old metal yeah. die cast. Yep. This gentleman had a store. His dad bought him a store in 1960, and it was a hardware store. And he wanted to go in a different direction, took down the dinky toy display, gave it to his son. So a lot of them are in really nice shape. 
and he just went on and kept on doing the, the, the hardware stuff. But – and we bought a collection of plates and I just bought a lot of silverware, sterling. We're buying sterling like crazy right now. To the melt old, down. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. And silver plate. We're the largest buyers of silver plate in the country right now. You know, in 1960, if you got married, people went to Burke's and they, your wedding present was a, a tea set or a cutlery set or matching stuff. Well, people bought it and they put it in the closet. And they didn't do anything else with it ever. And now they've got it. And they say, well, I want to get something. You know, I want to get something for this. I've never used it. Yeah. And I don't want to clean it anymore. And my kids don't want it because the style is so bad, you know. And I say, well, you could use it. Like the cutlery you can use. Like yesterday, we, I did an appraisal on a set of um, cutlery. And it was um, Mother of Pearl, which is the old seashell handles. Oh, that's old school. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, really nice. And, they says, and I said, what do you got? I said it was worth about $500. And um, I said, what are you going to do? We're not going to sell it. What are you going to do? We're just going to put back. They said, we're just going to put back in the closet. Yeah. Says, why don't you use it? I said, stuff like this was built. it's weird and old. I don't know anyone under 40 who has any of this stuff to tell you. Do you know anyone under 40 who's not a, a crazy collector with these things? But just like an average person who has a, a dinner set and then a fancy dinner set, I don't know anybody. Yeah, I do. No, my, well, we all know different people. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And it all depends on how you're brought up and, and, and what's important. Um, with my kids, I have 200 sets of, fly, of China. And they went <laughs> yeah. and bought the stuff at a big box store. And they, they said, Dad, I don't want that stuff. It's got gold and It's Cupid. a responsibility. That's right, yeah. It's got cupids on. What used to happen is that you had your mother had China, and you had, your grandmother had China, she handed it down to your mother. And if you had two or three kids, what you did was you bought a bigger set, like it was Royal Albert or say you had Royal Albert Old Country Roses. Well, you had eight place settings, and you'd want to give eight place settings to both your kids, so you'd end up going out and buying it at the antique stores or at Burke or Burks or any of these places downtown. So what happens is that that is not happening anymore because, like my kids, they don't want it. You want semi-disposable flatware, dishes, cups, yeah. all this stuff, yeah. If it's got gold on it, it won't fit into uh, uh, the microwave or it doesn't. Oh, right, yeah. People don't want it on the dishwasher. But like we say on our store, and we buy from Toronto and we sell to the world. It might be selling here in Toronto to your friends or my friends, but there's someone in the world who wants this stuff. And that's what we do as at Consignment Heroes. We will take stuff that people are shrinking down. They're, uh, they are um, downsizing. Downsizing. Yeah. <laughs> I knew these words. I, I'm not. They're downsizing. And we try and help them with that. Because face it, it's, it's a big thing. You come to your – like not in your case. You don't collect anything. But you've been collecting something for 50 years. Right. And you finally say, and uh, Edith, I'm selling my, uh, my car collection. And it's been 50 years. It's hard. A car collection I get. Yeah, well, but any or kind of collection. Yeah, yeah, Someone's I get it. collecting uh, uh, spark plugs or whatever. They've been collecting them, and, and their whole weekend is made up when there's a spark plug in uh, Upper Boot, Manitoba, that I have to go buy today, and they travel 200 miles to get it. Yeah, that's not just some example. That is somebody you know who collects yes. spark plugs and has sunk tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, into this endeavor, right? Yeah. Yeah, but this is the thing is that when it comes to the point, it's hard. And we actually make it, we take, try and take the stress out of them getting rid of their collection, knowing that it's going to go to a good home, that we'll try and get them real money for it, you mm -hmm. know, because they paid money for it. We're going to try and get them real money for it. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's a vocation. I, and I don't like to see people get ripped off. Well, you know? I, I always like to hear from you, 
when I hear what I describe as like the, the leading crest of a new wave, like whether it be action figures from the 80s that yeah. parents are, you know, they got basements full of this. It's old, maybe not Star Wars because that's too well known, but other action figure sets. Something where you go, hey, you know what's hot right now? Or you always say costume jewelry. Costume. Right now, everyone's mentally programmed. They go, oh, that old costume jewelry from, jewelry from the 60s, it's worthless. Well, it's not. There's a huge investor market for that now. Is there anything like that that people should be aware of? One that you go, I didn't know this happened. Wow, look at this. I, w- I learned this week, Nintendo games, those old PlayStations and all that stuff. Anything in the 90s, the Transformers, those toys that I never, my kids were. Yeah, Transformers still seem so new. Yeah, but I guess I, originals would be a big deal. But the, no, the games, there are some of those games that will go for twenty to $30,000 for wow. games. Yeah. And it, it, has to be, it has to be in nice condition and everything like this. But some are just genuinely rare. Some of um, the... Uh, Do you know how many people have old Nintendo sets in their basement right now? Yes. Yeah. Thousands. Had, thousands of people listening probably do. Yeah. They're, and they're because their kids moved out of the house and left them there. But the same way in 1970, people moved out of the houses and left their comic book collection with their mom. Yeah. And their mom threw those comics into the trash can. Mm-hmm. And that's why everyone else's comics are worth so much now. Today. And at the opposite end, you know, 20 years ago, people wanted a, an old-timey looking jukebox in their basement. How are the, What's that market doing? I now, remember that was like... Yeah, some, I got offered two jukeboxes this weekend. And I said... Like nice ones with the neon yeah, lights. The and they look, yeah. yeah. Or an ATI, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, I said, there's seven, eight hundred dollars. And they'll cost us Even that seems high to me, yeah. That'll be too hard to move it. Well, no, people still buy it. There is some things, there's some products that are out there that a dealer will sell to another dealer who will sell to a dealer who will put into an auction <laughs> who will sell to another dealer and it will sell in the auction to a dealer. Gotcha. It never gets to the public. The public says, I don't want that stuff. Yeah. But the dealer says, no, this should be worth money. And this happens more than you think. But our thing is like, um, oh, that's why I have to talk about it again this week. I want to is the second opinion, okay? I got to make this very important. And even what we do, I says, when you get get two opinions on everything you're selling. We talked about last week the person who had something for 400000 who was worth 800000 Yes. But a person this week came in to my store after selling something. I have to make this clear. When you get the second opinion, get the second opinion before you sell it. Okay, don't ask for the second opinion after you've sold it. And I tell you that I would have given you another $200 for it. Okay? Yeah, or 20000 who knows. Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to say that. Get the second opinion, and you should be going, get the second. And I also should take, say, take the higher one. I mean, I know this is kind of common Slow sense. Slow it down. Wait, I want more money for the item? Okay, I understand. No, but someone did that this week, and they said, yeah, we were going to come in, but the other guy said he had the highest price. And I said, well, no, he didn't have the highest price. But he told me he did. Yeah. Yes. And I said, <laughs> and, and Trump thinks he's the best president in the United States and he wants his picture on Mount Rushmore. This is not yeah, going to happen. Okay. Oh, you agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. It's not the highest price. It's not a second opinion. Someone said, this, I'll give you this much, $900 for that. And that's the highest price. No, the second opinion is a higher price. And I want people to go around and look for this. And we try and tell people, but it happens every week that someone comes in, I just sold that. And we didn't, I know I was going to come in, but the other guy, he was so convincing and all this. 
And I said, you only get to sell it once. Please always get two opinions of what it's worth. Well, I know on this show, by the way, we're live. If you have an yeah. item that you'd like a free assessment of, our phone number is 416-360-0740. We have an expert in everything here in studio. He can tell you exactly what it might be worth. Even if you have a classic car, who knows? Yeah. Um, I was going to say that you've given out your personal cell phone number in the past, and I've called you a crazy idiot for it. And people have actually called you. Yes. And it has either made or broken deals. Oh, yeah. So people are respecting this. They only call you when they need you. That's a nice touch, right? No, but I will tell them. I'm, I've got no... We're transparent. I will say, here's what I'm going to pay you. This is it. If you've got this, I'm going to pay you this much money for it. And if the other guy's offering less, you should not take that. And But if, if you've described it right, and some people's power of description is where the problem is. If you've described it right, then I will pay you this much money for it. And gold and silver is easy. And you've got your collectibles, like I said, the dinky toys, like yesterday um, at, at Southworks. And they're open today doing that same thing. They've got other appraisers there doing it. They're not quite as smart. Well, I'm going to say they're as smart as I am. And That's politically correct, sure. Yes. And But yesterday there must have – there was thousands of people at Southworks. Everything was really good. You know, and people were buying and selling. They came in. Everyone had a chat. They asked me about the show. They asked about Zoomer Radio. We had – I. I bought five or six more friends yesterday for half a million apiece. You're talking about <laughs> defunct Zimbabwe currency that you're handing out with your autograph. Yes. Yes. And so there was one person who asked for it without my signature on it. I thought that was okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. They thought they would devalue the valueless money. Is that what they thought? It's worth that. That's got to be hard to hear. Okay. <laughs> that would, yeah, that, that, that hurt my feelings. Actually. <laughs> That's great. Oh, oh, we should get to some phone calls. Let's go to Tony in Mississauga first. Tony. Welcome, Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zoomer Radio. How are you? Oh, Tony? Hey, Tony. I have to bear with me. I had throat surgery recently. Oh, he had throat surgery recently. Okay, okay well, feel better, man. What do you got? Oh, it was cancer. I'm sorry? Cancer. Oh, what have I got? I got oh, three oh okay. Well, liquor. now that we've had the diagnosis, good luck, and, and we're yeah. with you on that. But what items do you also have? Okay, I have three bottles of liquor. Uh, they're called the Texas Mickey. They stand about three feet high. Oh, Texas Mickey. What? How old are they? You know and, those big displays? Oh, yeah. yeah. For 45 years. And you've never drank them? No, the seal is still on them. You've got that much willpower. Amazing, sir. Okay. And I have a bottle of one gallon of um, Crown Royal that's on a stand. Never been opened. On a stand? What do you mean? Well, it's on a swinging stand. Um, you can pour oh, it. Pouring it. Okay. Just, um, what are the brands of the three-foot bottles, the Texas Mixy, Mixy, Mickey's that you have? The Texas Mickey had two. One is Crown Royal. The other one is Jim Beam. Okay. People are always collecting both of those, Jim Beam especially. Uh, big collectors mark it on. But it's not, the problem is you can't sell this across state lines, and you can't, it's hard to ship. You're not allowed to ship liquor. In fact, there's a, in some states in the United States, you, when I ship China around, I cannot even use an old liquor box. What? I'm serious. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. But, okay. But this is where the downside is on this. But they will still sell for the, the, the value of the liquor that's in it. It's in glass. Can't go bad. Um, like I said. Uh, so this is where you sort of become a lawyer. So you could sell. I'm selling a, a collectible bottle. Yeah, You know, the contents may or may not be there. It's the art of the bottle that you're sort of marketing, right? Is yeah. that, 
I mean, it's we're just gaming the system when we do things like that. But that's what people have to do with collect, collectible, like old champagne yeah. bottles and stuff like that. But yeah, you have to be careful about, I think, how you advertise and, of course, how you transport it. But what is something like Shipping. that worth? It, if the art's 45 years ago, is it all in good shape? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The seals is still on them. You're going to get about one, whatever the value is on them today, because they probably still make them today, you're going to make about 20%, and that's it. Because oh. it won't be a lot. Unless unless someone wants it for a movie set or a decoration, you might get higher. I would put them on Kijiji, okay? Because something like that. And uh, that's the problem with some of this stuff. You know? Okay, so it's worth slightly more than what you'd buy it for now. You're saying 20% generally you could do much better, but that's sort of what you can bank on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next caller is Betty in Toronto. Betty, welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. How are you? Hi. How are you guys? Pretty good. What do you have? Um, I'm, I'm just curious, just because you mentioned Nintendo. I, I've, I was never into Nintendo. But I have a Pac-Man 2 yep. game. Okay. That's from the early 80s. It, I'm, I'm looking all over for it. It doesn't tell me what year. And also, a Trivial Pursuit game, 1981, in, its, in the box. Excellent condition. What do you mean? The board games here? Or yeah. are you talking about Pac-Man 2? Like what? No, no, that, the Pac-Man is, is the one that's Pac-Man 2. And this is one, like, I think it's one of the first ones where you have to, like, use the arrows and press the buttons and see where the Pac-Man goes. Okay, so it's a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. and the Trivial Pursuit game is a board game. Well. Trivial Pursuit, the, the board, board game. game. Now, there's a big resurgence right now in board games, especially the... Uh, Ones that take a little bit of brain power. The the ones that are collectible, like you know your uh, Bonanza out of the nineteen sixty or Star Trek or that Star are linked Wars to TV shows. And so but there, yeah. there there's a resurgence in that that people are staying home. In fact, a, a friend of mine down in Hamilton who uh, owns New to You, it's um, a second hand store. He's opened a second location in Hamilton for just um, electronic games and the board games where people can play them and stuff like that. So it's there's almost like a snakes and lattes. Like you go and you enjoy them on site. What a great site. name! Well, no, well that's a that real name. Yeah, it's a famous one. It was on a, Justin. What was that on Bluer Street? Yeah. Okay, we're like nerd. Know you know, it's like nerd culture. You go and sip a coffee and play uh, snakes and ladders or whatever it is, and that sort of stuff. And it's sort of like a cultural phenomenon right now. Yeah. But like or battleship or stuff like that. We just sold a Pac-Man watch that I thought I was going to get nothing. Did not work. It was in the package, and I think we got 123 US. For a Pac-Man Pac watch. Yeah, so oh, any cool. of this kind of stuff, and it's more what the market will bear. We don't know. Some stuff, If it'll all depend if it's got the box, if it's still working, and if it's complete. These are all the things that we have to go. But my expert is in San Francisco today for that because that's Bogart knows more about that stuff than I do. Fair enough. But, but Trivial Pursuit... Origin. What if it's if it's the first year? Would that make a difference? That's no. a Canadian thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Trivial Pursuit uh, uh, was actually. But here's a case of where we go with the more that more popular the game was, the least it's going to be worth because there's a lot of games out there. Right, unless you had like one from the first year or the first shipment or something like yeah, that. If you have yeah. one ten years into the run, then probably not. Yeah, they right? almost went broke. I heard in the beginning. They, yeah, they, one of the guys had like a heart attack before it got made it big or something. There was a documentary made, I think, yeah. in Canada about the guys who put it together, and one of them literally had a heart attack. Or oh, did I saw that in the movie? Maybe that was a dramatic. Uh, dramatic, dramatic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there were some major struggles to get that game to happen. Yeah. Well, no, because Eaton's or someone would, would buy the game. And say, well, we're not paying you for ninety days. Yeah, but we need capitalism. another ten thousand boxes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they're yeah. saying, well, if you don't pay us, we can't supply you the boxes. Yes, 
But the more popular game, it's something that's a, a niche game. Like, you remember, uh, what's that, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they had they had toys where a guy with an axe in his head and his uh, the guy with his head came off. Well, if you went to the buyer of Eaton's and they looked at a guy with an axe in his head, they're going to say, no, we don't want this game. And mm. it flopped. The movie went on and did a lot. Mm. But the toys, nobody bought them because they were appealing to a guy who's sitting a 45-year-old buyer for toys is not going <laughs> to buy a, kid, a, get it. a yeah. kid's game for, oh, a kid's, oh, it's got, he's got an axe in his head and, and uh, you can chop his head off. That's okay. funny. So the merchandising element never picked up. No. Ah. So, and this is the same thing happened with Star Wars. Remember Star Wars? Spielberg, um, uh, yeah, Star Wars. They, he kept all the rights to all the merchandising. Lucas, yeah. Lucas. But they made more off the merchandising in the first five years than the movies did, they said, or they something like that. They didn't make it off the first year because they didn't know how popular it was going to be. Right. And it was sold out right away. So if you get any of the original Star Wars figures from 1977, not from 1978 and 79, right. some of those, they have up to $5,000 for yeah, one Yeah, you see, always see those at the Comic-Cons and stuff like that. But I always say that about um, the Minion movies now, or what is it, Despicable Me series. And I okay. go, they must be doing well, because if you see these things on sale, a stupid little plush toy is like $25. You yeah. know, wow, this must be in demand. You know, right. like some movies merchandise well, others do not. Yeah, but... Oh, sorry, we should get to our next caller. Our next caller is going to be Henry in Hamilton. Henry, what's happening? Yes, I'm just calling to see if I could have some advice on uh, one particular American dollar coin. Uh, it's dated 1886 uh, with the, the head of liberty on yep. it on one side and the American eagle on the other. Now, underneath the eagle, I don't get too detailed, but you're going to probably need a loop to see this magnifying glass. There'll be an initial. It'll be either CC, S, and that'll say which mint it came out of. If if just a regular 1886, it's going to be worth in perfect shape around fifty to seventy five dollars. That's it. And this is seventy five dollars in perfect condition. If it's perfect, if it's worn or anything like that, it's going to be worth. We we buy them and sell them in our store for seventeen to twenty two dollars. Is that silver value? Is that silver? Silver. There's point seven one of an ounce in American silver dollar. And I go back, and the reason for this is up until nineteen fifties and sixties, you could go to the a bank in Upper Boot, uh, Wisconsin, and go in and ask for fifty silver dollars, and they go back to the vault and they bring you out. 1880s, 1890s, that kind of stuff, silver dollars, and give them to you. Okay. They Still stopped in circulation. Making, yeah, they yeah. stopped making silver dollars in the United States, I think, in 1934. But until that time, they were it was uh, it was real money. And remember, if you see an old... When you say stop making silver dollars, you mean with silver? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they didn't make silver dollars until the 1971, I think, when, that, uh, when they, Eisenhower. When they come back yeah, in. Actually, I right. do have a silver dollar here. It's a 1972 American... And it's got President Eisenhower's head on it. Yeah, yeah, those are... So they're stripped of a lot of the silver content. Is that where you're going with this? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying actual silver, high silver content, silver dollars, they sort of had their end of the run in the 1930s, did you say, something like Mm -hmm. that? And then they picked up the silver dollar again with much, much, much less silver in the 70s. Next week, do you want to bring in? I'm going to bring in a a $1 silver um, American bill, Mm -hmm. and they used to be called silver certificates. Yeah, redeemable for gold so, or silver. Yeah, yeah, and that was the reason they had the silver dollars in the banks. Okay, but your dollar there is probably either if it's in bad shape, seventeen to twenty-two dollars. If it's perfect, and we do buy them if they're perfect, I would rather they be bought and they're being perfect because I have customers if they are in what we call numismatic shape. Would 
would that be the 1886 dollar? The 1886. Your Eisenhower's worth a dollar twenty-two. A dollar twenty-two. Yeah, that's good. Twenty-two <laughs> percent return on that. Well, that's not bad. I probably have made a better return on the dollar I got here at 1886. I, I sold. I bought it for a Canadian dollar. Oh, you did oh, well. That's a good deal. That's and a great deal. Back in I think 71, 72. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, and I think our dollar was higher then. Yeah, no, no, this is a, coins are very, one thing we try and tell people, a lot of people have coins in their basements, and we say that if you've got uh, $100 in Canadian silver before 1966, we're going to pay you $110 for it. And yeah. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it's if it's well, probably just black and tarnished. It would be due to a silver content. It's the silver right. content. If you have collectible in it, like a 1948, we will tell you. We're not there to rip you off. We will tell you if you have the uh, collectible. But 99% of the stuff that comes in the door is stuff that people got out of their change, pulled it out of their change, and put it into a drawer and I just see, saved yes, it. Yes, I just, well, I was curious. It's been about the house for quite a long time, and uh, I just thought I would listen to your show every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife said, call in and find out if that dollar is worth anything, that 1886 one. It yeah. is. But, yeah. uh, uh, Not worth a trip to Toronto, though. But you can go to my friend at New to You. He's on King Street. He's right in Hamilton. And uh, Is this your he, new strategy to give business away? What's happening here? Because it's, no, I, if someone's got a couple of hundred dollars, it's worth a trip to my store. Right. I'm not going to look, someone, I don't want someone to spend $40 in gas to sell me a $17 coin. This is, That's, yeah, okay. So, so this new to you know, guys, you're, he's going to get all the business. He's a nice guy, but in, uh, it, what I'm saying is I have to be fair to people. I'm just curious about your business strategy. I, you know, whatever this guy wants to do is fun. I'm just saying I've never heard this. Okay. you got to talk the talk and walk the walk. And okay. I don't like to rip people off. I don't, that's why some people will call me in my store and I say, what do you have? I want to make sure it's worth the trip. If you're traveling from Woodstock, Ontario, right. I'd like you to know. That Fair this, enough, because value is value. Yeah. It, it, you're saying it's bankable here or at the guy that you know down yeah. there, and everyone does well somehow. I don't know how you get a piece of that, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, thanks for your call. Our next caller is Ken in Whitby. Ken, how are you? Hi. What do you got, got, man? I've got three uh, horse collars with uh, wooden hames on them and a mirror in them. I'm just curious as to know what they Oh, somebody about. has turned an old... This is a, like a leather-bound... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know what I mean? It, it sat around yeah. the horse's neck, and somebody's already converted it to a mirror. I was going to say, that's probably where it's going to end up. It's some house in Collingwood overlooking the mountain. 75 yeah. to $125, depending on how lucky and how blind the customer is. No, Sorry, I mean, no. <laughs> those things sell for big money in, uh, in shops up there, for sure. Not worth much in Toronto, because no one's looking for the, um, you know, the house on the prairie motif yeah. here. But if you get it out of the city... Right. Yeah. Okay, 1960s stuff, and the, and, the, and the country collectibles are not as strong as it used to be. Pine's not as good. It's still good for the really good pieces, but it's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And the, like the old Crocs and stuff, people paid $500 for a Croc, and you can't get too hard today. Yeah. Unless it's the top of the market. The, in, in almost all collectibles, the top of the market sells or the very cheap bottom of the market sells. The middle sandwich part, that's tough to sell all the time. And something that's been converted... I sell it for people, but I'm one of the, I'm not a fan of. I like stuff to be in its original thing. Yeah, my advice would be: Ken, hop in the car with these items and drive to like a, a Collingwood or a Muskoka and find a consignment shop there because they probably do well. 
Right. If yeah. you bring it to a consignment shop in Toronto, it's going to sit there for 100 years. Yeah. So right. I think there you have to go to a market that's looking for that motif. What about the Barrie area? Would that be an area? I don't think that's sort of north enough. That Barrie's right. super urban. I drive yeah. through there. It's all Starbucks and Maseratis and BMWs yeah. now. So <laughs> no, I don't I think just... they're looking for the uh, the cattle motif. Yeah, I was just thinking about that antique mall up there. That's all. Yeah, that's oh, a the nice... Tangiers? Is that the one that you're talking about? No, 400. Uh, no, that's a consignment. There are many different dealers in there, so they won't do it. There's another one. Yeah, I think, think Highway 11 minimum. Yeah. But yeah. I would go to like a market where something like that's happening. Right. I, I said Collingwood. I think that's where yeah. it belongs. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to spend a lot of gas to get rid of this mirror. No, yeah, sorry. Make a day of it. It'll be fun. He'll yeah. have a good time. Go see the leaf colors. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Thanks for your call, man. Thanks. Gail Thanks. in Mississauga is on deck. We're going to take a quick break. If you have a rare item that you'd like a free assessment of, our number is 416-360-0740. We'll be right back. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Hi, Paul Kenny here, Consignment Hero. Boxes are truly amazing things. They come in all shapes and sizes, and they do a remarkable job of storing your stuff. And the folks at Mississauga Cartons know how important it is to find the right box. For over 35 years, they've provided thousands of satisfied customers with a wide range of packaging, boxes, and shipping materials. I use them. So should you. Mississauga Cartons. Check them out at mississaugacartons.com and be a hero like me. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Zoomer Radio. AM 740 and downtown Toronto at 96.7 FM. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zoomer Radio in studio with Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. He has found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff. And by that, I mean seeing the value that other people overlook. Our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item or just something you think might have some special value, you can give us a call, 416-360-0740. Gail in Mississauga. How are you, Gail? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. What do you have? Thank you for taking my call. I have, um, I have a set of bone china. Okay. Um, and it's called Garland. And it was um, my Oops. grandmother's mother's dishes. Who, what was the manufacturer? That's um, a pattern name. The pattern name is Garland. No, no, who was the manufacturer? Oh, the manufacturer. Okay, hang on, I have to get a dish out and look Careful. at it. Uh-uh, Careful. Uh-uh, I hear Careful. I know, I know. Ah, uh, does it say? Royal Standard. Royal Standard is... Fine Bone China, England. Oh, yep, Royal Standard was Paragon's sister company. Okay. And the Royal Standard would dealt with all their seconds. 
So they made Mandarin. They made a number of different patterns. So if something wasn't up to snuff for Paragon, they gave it to Royal Standard. And it would have been sold not in your Ashley's type store, but it would have been sold in a variety store or off-brand stores. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole set, if... um, it's, how many how many play settings do you have? I, I think I have, um, I, it used to be eight, but apparently I only have seven. Okay. <laughs> and I, I only have the plate, the, like the dinner plates, um, the tea, the sandwich plates, and the teacups, and okay. uh, the saucers. Yeah. Now, on something like this, it'll probably get, you'll probably get about 20, in a consignment place, you'll get about $20 a play setting. Okay. And because it's not a main brand, like if it was Old Country Roses or uh, uh, an Ainsley pattern of uh, Kenilworth or, or some of the Royal Dalton patterns, mm-hmm. um, you'll get more money in some cases. But you have to wait. We take the stuff in. If someone's got a set of china, uh-huh. we will take it in, but it's on consignment. We won't buy them anymore okay. um, because it's just um, your inventory problem becomes mine. Yeah, but we exactly. do make a good effort to selling it yeah. um, unless it's a top 10 pattern. Okay. And so what is it, Garfield pattern? What Garland. Garland, yeah. Yeah, by Royal Standard. And what is the bone china? What does that mean? Bone china is like a porcelain. Like you've got earthenware. Uh, earthenware is uh, when it's a little bit browner, heavier. Bone china, you can almost see through. It's almost translucent. And it'll be very, very white. There's actually bone in it. What kind of bone? Calcium bone, like cow bones. Oh. Bone bones. Okay. Yeah. So bone china was England used to dominate the world with this. And you had your Sounds French. gross, by the way, but yeah. yeah. Okay. And there was also the porcelain would be made, a slightly different pa- um, uh, formula for making porcelain out of France, Limoges pattern. So it was always a battle over here in Canada. The English had a, had a, a complete truck line right to us. And we were selling an awful lot of their stuff. And the French were bringing their stuff over here. There was, like, it's funny, in 19, I think, 45, 46, there was more bone china of English sewn by Ashley's, that one little chain in Canada, than all of the United States. Wow. Was it because they had a monopoly? Was that the only place to get this sort of stuff? Because there was tariffs. Some sort of... These, oh. And a lot of these things, this happens. So not by choice, by regulation. Interesting. By t- choice, yeah, by regulation. Yeah. In the same way, and I've talked about this on the show, after the war there was such a shortage of money in Canada that we were not allowed to import glass that had already been decorated. It had to be blank glass right. unless it was from England. England had a favorite status. So protectionist laws. The same concept of like ever you buy a tube of toothpaste that has to have English and French and it keeps a whole industry going of people reprinting on blank slates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I know a lot of our client listeners out there know cornflower glass. Either their mother had it or they had it or they've had the little petals on there and they collected it. In different colors, it's worth a lot of money. But the Hughes Company was the bigger buy, biggest buyer of glass for people like Tiffin and Heise in the United States. They'd buy entire truck um, uh, train loads, bring it up here, put their little pedals on it, and sell it that way. Huh. They were not allowed to. If it had been already cut, they weren't allowed to buy it. It was our government actually helped doing the right thing at the time, keeping some money here. Or are you saying protectionism? Well, but in the United is, States, yeah. we weren't allowed to sell our china down there. They had to import it. Okay. Because they had potters and they had Falscraft and Homer Laughlin and people like that. And they protected these people who were making these, uh, the dishes in the States, yeah. which doesn't compare to bone china. If you, leave, you eat off one of these plates, it's like off one of the big box stores. You know, it's heavy. It's not pleasant. The bone china was nice stuff. 
Interesting. So, Gail, at about $20 a setting, you got seven, probably was eight at one time. It's 20 bucks a piece. So, you're looking at about 140, 150 bucks. Okay. And if you want to make it eight, I'll sell you a setting for $90. No, oh. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Thing. No. <laughs> no, I have something else. I have, um, I have a lot of nickels that my husband saved. And uh, I, I took, I did have some other coins, but I took, um, I took some of the coins to a dealer in Mississauga and he took some of them, but he doesn't accept nickels. Okay. I, I don't know why they don't accept nickels. What's the reason? All nickels from one year, I think 65 or something. Oh, they're all from that year. Yeah, yeah you can. A nickel's worth about seven cents a nickel value. Okay. So, and you're not allowed to crush them. Yeah. Um, they're real silver, aren't they? No, no, they're no. nickel. They're made. Okay. I'm, I'm going to. I have a lot of them. They're still rolled and everything. The name nickel comes from what it's made out of. Now, okay. before 1920, mm-hmm. they were made out of silver. Okay. Up to 1921, uh, actually. Yeah. In 1922 and after, they started making them out of nickel. Now, if you have a 1925, it's worth about 100 to $500. Oh, and wow. if you have a 1926 uh, far or near, mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it is, they're worth a lot of money as well. Okay? okay. yeah. But the rest of them, yeah, like the Tomback nickels that we talk about on the show here and the B for Victory nickels. Yeah. They're worth five, ten dollars a roll. This is a good caveat because when we say, uh, you know, silver money change yeah. before nineteen sixty-seven yeah. has silver content, that yeah. is not including the nickel. Yeah, so the dime and the quarter do. Yeah, hey, guess what? And what do you think about pennies? They have very. But what are pennies made out of? I don't understand. How do they get that color? How do they get silver to be that color of copper? Well, we I don't, don't have pennies anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, the last ones made were basically steel and copper. Is that what they were? Yeah. 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 All right, so you got okay. some valuable items there. Not not overly valuable, but I there's some you... value there. Yeah. We always say, you know what my uh, play settings are worth? Well, I don't know. You paid 20 bucks at Ikea, Ikea for the silver and the plates. I would guess somewhere around nothing. You didn't buy them at Ikea. You bought them at a big box store. I actually can't <laughs> confirm where they were purchased. I didn't purchase them. Uh, okay. Our next caller is Al in Etobicoke. Thank you, Gail. Enjoy your day. Al in Etobicoke, how are you? Not too bad. How are you? Not bad. What do you have, man? I have a 4,000 GTS cellular Mobile telephone. <laughs> oh, jackpot. This is what you've been looking for. Now, what year is this from? Uh, I think 1990. Not old enough. I need older ones. Is this a flip phone or one of the big, uh, like it looks like the size of a shoe phone? It looks like, it looks like, uh, like a remote. It's still in the box. I never opened it. I just opened the top to look at it. Oh, if it's still in the box, I might be able to get oh, your really money on this. Never, never taken out of the box. Yeah, it's, no, it's not in the box. Anything that's still in the box out of the 90s and 80s, I'll still buy some of it. Okay. Much to the chagrin of my staff. But, but those old <laughs> cell phones, they, 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 those big, big, you know, they the look... you put in the car. You know, you have to have a box in the car or something. Oh, it has the box. You, oh. He means the box that connects to This is what you've been looking for, man. No, I'm looking for one as long as it's got the wire. That's what he's talking about. It's got a box and a wire on the phone. Is this correct? It's a whole box. I didn't look under the styrofoam container where the... the the apparatus is and the wires and all that. Okay, and I might be wrong. I think he's talking about a cardboard box. It. Yeah. And I never, uh, so I can give you the serial number. No, no, no. no. What I'm looking it. for, I'm looking for an old TV with a wired remote. I'm looking for old school stuff. Like, I'm looking for uh, the phone where it's wired to the battery. I'm looking uh-huh. for stuff, the first stuff for these props I need for this YouTube. Yeah, think of an original cell phone as an old rotary phone that had the actual handset and then the thing where you use yeah. the rotary on it. And it's two yeah, pieces. Yeah. When cell phones first came out, that's what it was. Only the yep. rotary part was a big battery slash transmitter and then a handheld device. 
Eventually, they were modified to fit over, you know, in yeah. your car and all these sorts of things. But original guys with cell phones, they'd have this big, like, fanny pack. Yeah. And it would be the battery slash transmitter. 12 pounds. Right yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we're looking for. But your item might have some value. What would you guess? Yeah. I mean, we don't know exactly. Know I have no idea. Though. $20, $30. Okay. Maybe that, maybe that, and that's if it's in perfect shape as a collector might buy it because, like, old calculators are worth money. Opened. Pardon? Perfect. I opened it. Well, don't open that's it. That's what's making it valued, $20, $30. Otherwise, it's worth negative how many calories you have to burn to take it to the garbage at the end of your driveway. Okay. 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 Yeah, so $30 versus a walk to the end of your driveway. That's what you're looking at. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, thanks. That's a good strategy. Investing. Uh, Paul in Toronto is our next caller. Paul, how are you? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello again. Hello. I like this game. What? Is anyone there? Twenty-five Boucher alto saxophone, silver. Oh, really? Okay. Really, really. I'd like to see this for sure. Now, so they, I know they made the clarinets and they made uh, the flutes out of silver. They made a saxophone out of silver. I did not know this. With the gold in the bell. Ah, okay. Silver plated, I would guess. It might be silver. But... I would like to see this. Uh, you could bring it into my store. Um, the weight of it will be one thing, but I think it might have a bigger value just because of being a silver saxophone because a musician would want to buy this. Boucher. I can't. Sorry? Boucher, Boucher. Boucher, okay. That's yeah, a brand, brand name. Is Boucher. But he's saying you might get lucky and it's a lot of silver content. He'll put it on a scale and cut you a big check. But he says there's an off chance that somebody might like it as an instrument because it's so old. in your store? Pardon? Yes, well, right now, this week, we're selling, I'm selling a couple of uh, expensive guitars. I just sold a $5,000 watch. We just sold a $4,500 China set. Um, we sell this kind of stuff. If something has got a name on it and it has value, I'm your place. Okay? So we think the best bet for you is, because, uh, Paul, you're calling from Toronto, so hopefully you're close. They're open usually, what, Monday to Saturday? Yeah. And you can go to the store. It's at 10,341 Young Street, and then they can go over quality checks. Is there any dents? Has it got any corrosion that might devalue it? And then they'll determine, is it worth more in the metal content versus the actual... Uh, you know, the artistry in making it and, and it having it as an an- antique instrument. Thank okay, you very thank much. You. Thank you for your phone call. Our next caller is Lucy in Mississauga. Lucy, how are you? Hey, Lucy, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm calling because I have a fairly large collection of miniature booze bottles, like in different shapes and, and um, I guess a larger variety as well. And they stem back from, I guess, the late 60s, early 70s. When you say large, what's large? I don't know, 200, 300. Wow, okay. Is that large? Are they all full? I, I would say 90% of them are. I can't believe these people have this much willpower. <laughs> okay, they're hard to sell. We sell them as without, and because a lot of people have them because they're small, they're portable, and they're easy to store. Right. Um, but but again, have, they're illegal to sell. Illegal to sell. And oh. uh, we've had some, once in a while, I'll sneak them through and I'll get a collection of 100 and I'll get like $150. Okay. It's much better to drink them, enjoy them, <laughs> and, uh, or share them with friends or whatever it is. They don't have the people... Too many people collect them, and not enough people are recollecting them. How's that? Oh, is is that uh, also account for those that are in unusual shapes, like um, bears and and um, 
Well, that's kind of cool. Some of those are some of those can be good, but most people have just the ones they buy at the end of the aisle or they buy in the airport. If you okay. buy it at the airport, every airport in the world still has that one in there, and they were sold. There's millions of them sold because it's a high margin product right. for the liquor companies because they're selling you an ounce. For a very for a lot of money. Well, and they still make them. There's a lot of stupid laws. Isn't there a state now that like if it's a bar, they have to serve out of these mini bottles or something like that? Yeah, there's a bunch of stupid liquor laws. Like, oh. isn't it that even Jack Daniels, like they're theoretically still making this in a dry state, or there's some laws when they make some sort of county line and all these yeah. when you ship alcohol across, like the 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 way that you move it and the type of bottle that it is, it can't be too big. And so I know there's all sorts of silly regulations that keep this industry going. You've never been in Texarkana. Mm-mm. On one side of the street, it's dry. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the street, it's liquor. It's wet. Yeah, fascinatingly stupid. That's what I think about. <laughs> one street, and it's, I think it's on Texarkana. I've been, we were just there once, and we asked for beer, and it was like, we don't serve, I mean, in right. a very snarly kind of way. Like, how come about. I yeah. didn't know this? And then when, and then some, I know some counties, it's like if they're going to sell you a drink, it literally has to be its own bottle, like a bottle of beer, or if you wanted like a rye and Coke, it has to be a single bottle of rye that goes into that drink. Can you imagine what's going to happen with our marijuana when they're distributing that in this country? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, we're going into interesting times. The government is advocating you smoking weed. This is so weird. I know. I Only know. they can make money off it. How easy would it be to just say, hey, listen, if you're caught with pot, a couple of joints, you just you don't go to jail. You might pay a fine or no fine. No. Wouldn't that be a lot easier than this endeavor that our government's doing, which is profiting off of the sale of marijuana? I don't. I, don't I was know. screaming about this the other day. I said, wait a second. I thought you didn't we spend hundreds of millions telling everyone not to smoke, but now you're theoretically encouraging people to smoke marijuana? Is it not the same carbon problem? I don't know. What a turn of events. Weird. But if it's a short-lived... Now, if it only lasts... I'm not a drug guy, so I don't care, but it's just... No, but if it lasts six... What would be good for the people who collect marijuana is if it's approved approved for three months and then then they take it off the books and prohibit it. Yeah, and you have like maple leaf joints or something like that. Yeah, you're right, yeah. That goes to collecting. A lot of people don't understand. Whenever you've got some kind of restrictions or the government gets involved, yeah, that that, that helps collecting business more than you can ever believe. Yeah, good you know. thinking. You might want to hang on to those first few items that are government issue yeah. marijuana. Because wow. they'll change the rules halfway through. Well, we Amsterdam's a good example, right? Like the red light district and all those pot laws. Like They were like, hey, come and have a party. And they've spent the last 10 years restricting a lot of that stuff, yeah. like getting away from it because it's been causing some problems. Anyway, uh, our next call is going to be Zoe in Little Britain. Does that really exist? Where's Little Britain? It's near Corneal's Auctions. Or in, uh, in yeah. Am I not right? Can Corneal's you, Auctions in Little Britain? How does that help me? What, where, what part of planet Earth is that? It's up by Peterborough and Lindsay, right? Oh, okay. Lindsay. Yeah. Wow, Little Britain. I was Never born in Lindsay. Go, go ahead. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad has uh, six German beer steins. Okay. Uh, four ceramic tour glass. Uh, they all have the lids. Okay. Um, the four are, are three or four of them. I don't have them in front of me. Are really decorative and high, whereas the other two are lower. They've got the pewter lids. Now, if you look inside, do they have where little scenes underneath? Then you look yes. through the bottom, and you can see a, a naughty scene or something like that. Um, I didn't actually look at them. You gotta look in the light, and you'll see something like that. Also, it depends on how, who made them, and when they were made. It was made after the war. The ones made before World War II are much better, and before World War I, even better still. Okay? 
mm-hmm. but they are very collectible. And I sell them between $25 and $75. If they've got um, a scene in the bottom or the naughties, they go for a lot more money. Do you mean the bottom of the cup, like as you're looking into yeah. it? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you've got some work in front of you. You can call me back next week and tell me what you see. All right. Thank and you hope you're red-faced. Much. How's that? Okay, thanks. Perfect. All right, you're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live. We'll take more of your calls after a quick break. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver, and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Southworks Antiques, one of Canada's best antique malls, just got better by moving to a better location. Across the Grand River in Cambridge at 73 Water Street proudly stands the new Southworks Antiques. 25,000 square feet of antiques and nostalgia with an intriguing history for sale by over 100 vendors. Visit southworksantiques.com for directions. Then park free and check it out. It's a new beginning for a lot of old stuff at Southworks Antiques in Cambridge. Open every day of the year. Toronto's only radio station on AM and FM. Zoomer Radio AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Sunny, beautiful afternoon. We are live at the beautiful Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. This is Consignment Heroes. Your star is Paul Kenny, one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. He's here answering your calls on items you have lying around the house. Our next caller is Rob in Mississauga. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thank you very much for taking my call. I've got a few things here. I've got a uh, one of those old push-down ashtrays. It's made out of China, and uh, where you push down on it, it spins and sucks the ashes down. Yep, yep. Are you oh, familiar cool. with that? Yeah, of course that. I am. 1960. Screams 1960. It's, uh... It says it's made in Japan, and it's got a wooden insert, so the actual guts are made out of wood, and you can turn the spring if you want to tighten it, I guess. Well, that way they make sure you buy another ashtray soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. They... Ashtrays are not as collectible in, in Canada anymore because we have so many um, anti-cigarette laws and stuff, and people are getting rid of that. But it's still those collectibles, like um, those on the airplane ashtrays, the stand-up ones, still that'll sell for probably 25 to $45, depending on what your scene is on the outside. It's got flowers in kind of like a uh, pinkish purple almost. That's okay, that's boring. Okay. Um, what would be a great image? Oh, an airplanes or... Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Something, something automobile-related, uh, something that's 1960s, um, retro, modern, you know. Gotcha. The airplanes yep. is probably 1945, 1960 area. Just, I used to play with those as a kid. I, can, I pushed them down endlessly. That was endless fun for me, just pushing it down. I don't think I know what you're talking about. like but, an urn almost. Yeah, you push down the top and it spun around and the, and the cigarette went down into it. Exactly. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, no, they were they were kind of cool. And okay. it was and they, right. and the Japanese made them to last forever. How's that? Okay, Thanks. well, he's got other stuff going on. Okay, what else? What else? I've got an old can. It's called, it's a blue ribbon baking powder can in mint shape. It's kind of like uh, red or wine colored. Is it worth anything? $15. It's filled with baking powder too. So if it's, it's still, if it's un if it's unopened, yeah, people collecting country store collectibles are still any kind of stuff in a package that's from 1910 to 1950 like 
a can of beans, any kind of spices, any kind of uh, anything that was on the shelf in a country store, people are collecting. They just want to put it up there. And the answer is you don't know. Whatever somebody who's looking for that might pay for yeah. it. So we'd be excited to hear the results if you sit, found a great buyer for it and see what they ended up paying for it. But okay. no, Blue okay. Ribbon is a, it was a, the, the, anything in a tin lasts forever. So you're going to be, it'll be uh, $15 usually. Okay. I've got an old 1972 original Pillsbury Doughboy doll. <laughs> twenty dollars like rubber. Whatever. Really? Yeah, twenty. They got the Michelin Man and the Pillsbury Doughboy, because it's a big uh, company and they were very, very popular. A lot of people. They must have done some kind of promotion where they gave them away because I see them all the time. Really? Okay. Yeah. So even the though it's nineteen seventy-two, it doesn't make. Yeah, but I like the ones of the Casper where you pull his head and he talks. Casper the Ghost. They had a couple of different ones like okay. that. Okay. I like the pull toys. One other thing, I've got three years of Canadian Boy. Boy Scout magazines uh, pres- uh, subscriptions. They came once a month. Now, the magazines... What themselves, years? What, what years? It's like the early 60s. And I have one year where it was Bobby Orr's, um, his rookie year in the NHL. Yep, and they had 67. these beautiful full-page uh, full, uh, uh, glossy pictures of, of him. And they're interviewing him in the change room where he's saying that he never wears socks in his skates. Okay, now that issue would probably be worth about 100 to $150. Just because the ore collectors, and you're going, but the rest of them are probably going to be worth five to ten dollars each, if that. And but, some of the other ones have the old guard, like the old leaf guard in them, in the, in the early sixties. It might have been even when the last time they won the Stanley Cup. I don't know if that's sixty-seven. Yeah, the yeah, same so, year. That's as what you're saying, though. You're looking to sell the Boy Scouts thing as a hockey collectible now. Yeah. So the yeah. ones that aren't hockey related will not have that value. Yeah. 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 I've got to go. I've got to pay Thank some you. bills for next week. Bring them into my <laughs> store. I can help you out for sure, okay? Oh, yeah. Let's get to the story because you're going to see William Shatner soon. Yeah. Once this whole, and people can go see William Shatner in London, Ontario. Yeah, London, Ontario on October, the weekend of October 13th. He's there on the Friday and Saturday, and I think maybe Sunday, but Friday and Saturday for sure. William Shatner is going to be in London, Ontario at the London Comic Con, okay? And I'm going to be there as well. At the London Comic Con, now, you're going to get to go and talk to William Shatner. Ask him some dumb questions. Ask some smart questions. I don't care what kind of questions you ask him. You can get your picture taken with him, I think. You'll be able to get his autograph for sure. Mm. And he's a Canadian icon. Like, like, don't you wish that you would talk to Cary Grant before he died if something like that? I'd love to be able to talk to these people. This is a guy who actually lived through all this. He's got the stories that we don't get to see. And he's got the stories he'll probably tell you that we don't get to see in print either. So you're going to be in London two weeks from now then? Is two it weeks Sunday from now. Saturday? Yeah, and it's a London Comic Con. 70,000 square feet. There's comics. Neil Lambs, the artist, is there. There's going to be all sorts of pop culture stuff there. They're going to have, uh, you know... Artists, new and upcoming artists, I guarantee that people will have a lot of fun. And it's not going to cost them a fortune. It's at 900 King Street. You know, anyone from knows London knows the Western Fair uh, uh, grounds downtown. I think it's 900 King, right by the King Street. Uh, 900 King Street. confirmation? I don't know. 900 King Street. Okay. Where it's right next to the casino. Everyone will know where the casino is. where the London casino is. It's going to be right held right next to there. And I want people to go there. Okay? That'd be fun. They can hang out with you. And don't bring your comic books to see me. I will be in London. If somebody wants me to do an appraisal in London, I'll be going down early. Oh, look at you. Man of the people. Always available. eh? I'm always available. No, but I don't get... I love London. I grew up in London. So you were born in Lindsay. I was born in Lindsay, but they kicked me out right away. Oh, okay. (laughs) They got rid of me. All right. We're learning. We're learning. But I went to London. And, like, I want to thank all the listeners for listening today. And I want everyone to remember, get a second opinion. 
I'd like it to be my second opinion, but I want people out there not to get ripped off. I want, if you're going to sell your stuff, you get to sell it once, get two opinions of what it's worth, and we can try and help you. Fair okay? enough. Okay? Uh, so the show has got to wrap up. Special thanks to our technical producer today, Justin Eacock. Everyone have a great Sunday. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.